On episode 003 of the Vox 114 Technology Podcast, we talk Y2K 20 years later. Actually, it's not really that dramatic, but a good dramatic voice helps. We talk drones. Look out! Flying them, crashing them, and what do you do if you hit somebody in the face with one? The world's first mobile computer, as well as the world's first smartphone. Understanding, assessing, and protecting your network and your users from the greatest security threat facing a business network today. The importance and benefit of finding strategic partners that specialize in areas that you may not have time to really dedicate your time and resources to mastering. Can I get an amen? Ready, set, go! Information technology, network security, cloud computing, artificial intelligence, and time travel? Well, perhaps not time travel. Welcome to the Fox 114 Technology Podcast. If NASA listened to this podcast in the 60s, we would be living on Mars instead of trying to get back to the moon. Bringing you in-depth guest interviews with today's leaders in IT technology. Here's your host, John Menley. Welcome to the Vox 114 Technology Podcast. I am your host, John Manley. On today's episode, we are in for a treat. We have a IT director who has been in the position for 20 years and a good friend of mine, Tony Ramirez. You there, Tony? Yes, I am. Awesome. Hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you a lot for making some time for it. I know you uh, have a lot going on every day. So, Tony, starting off with, I wanted to ask you, you know, I know you've been in the IT industry for 20 years, since 1999. So I imagine uh, when I was thinking about that today, one of the first things you probably had to deal with was Y2K. <laughs> Is that something you had to deal with back in 1999? Yeah, that was uh, one of the big upcoming things. Uh, actually, it was a couple of years before I started my position here at Marlowe. I've been here for 20 years, and uh, I was at Gateway Technical College before that. And uh, I was leading up the team to have the uh, Y2K readiness uh, uh, going on. Were you excited or disappointed that the world did not end on uh, December 31st, 20 years ago? Well, I think I was a visionary of that. I kind of knew not much was going to happen, and it turned out to be right. Uh, everyone thought uh, none of the computers would work anymore, to include toasters and all kinds of other gadgets. But uh, <laughs> luckily enough, everything uh, continued to work. My my toaster has been solid. I, I you know people were worried that like literally like trains were going to be falling out of the sky. They were going crazy about it. Yeah, like oh, we got to check everything, and I was like, well, you see, I kind of knew uh, it was really a. Uh, can affect uh, a lot of the AS400s and IBM uh, IBM equipment, but uh, I wasn't sure if uh, it was all our servers were going to go down. Luckily enough, they 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 didn't. And uh, everything kept running, so that's that's good. Now we just have to worry about the uh, a zombie apocalypse nowadays, but it would be caused by something new. So we don't yep, have to worry about yep. that now. So hey, man, another thing is, you, know, you bought that drone this summer with the camera on there. What's the funnest thing you've done with that drone so far? Well, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with the drone. It's been pretty cool flying it over. I have a boat on Lake Michigan, so we've been daring enough to take it over the water and uh, have a couple flights out there. Got a lot of remarkable pictures uh, and uh, a lot of fun to fly. Looking forward to 
find a little bit more this uh, this winter, doing some of the ski hills and things like that. Plenty of nice pitcher opportunities are, are in store, I hope. Nice, man. Now, with the skiing people, are you going to, I know it has that ability to, like, track track people or track objects. You're going to be tra- chasing people down down the hillside? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, hopefully going to be able to zoom in, take some good pictures, and not crash into anyone uh, you know, when they're coming down the ski hill. Well, you just got to get them to sign off on it first, right? Any type of disclaimer. I'm going to get you an awesome face shot. Literally, I might get you, like, hit right in the face, like a close-up picture of it. So, it's all it's all good fun. So, Glad you've been having fun with that. You haven't crashed it into the water. Now, I guess the big question to ask, would you fly that drone at 12 a.m. on New Year's Eve? Would I fly at 12 a.m. on New Year's Eve? <laughs> 2K 2.0. <laughs> no one saw it coming. Yeah, I get a little scared. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a little more cautious on this thing. So probably not. You and I have known each other for a long time. And I know you used to serve in the military before you got into IT, but I don't know much about your time in the military. Where were you guys, where were you stationed? I was stationed over in Germany uh, for about two years, two and a half years over there. And uh, I worked in an office back then and we had some uh, computers, computer equipment back then too. It was uh, a little different than we have right now. We had a wang word processor we had some we had some new portable equipment uh it was portable computers it was maybe the first laptops we call it it was uh the burroughs uh tax system i think that yeah tax was uh, the name of the uh the computer system and uh it wasn't very portable it came in these very large luggage cases and we packed them up and we'd bring them out to the field and uh we'd do our work out there sometimes but uh um, it was portable but pretty heavy you could technically move it, right? And it probably gave right. you the uh, the power of a Celeron processor. So yeah, yeah, it it was a two man lift. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now people complain; they'll be like, "Hey, I need a good computer for my uh, my CEO," and I'm like, "All right, well, what's the biggest requirement? It needs to be an i9, 32 gigs of RAM, 4,000 terabytes of storage, and it needs to weigh less than a pound." That's right. Yeah. It was like, well, this is so heavy. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'll send them one. It'll be like, oh, this one is 1.7 pounds. Oh, they don't want to go over 1.6. It's too much. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) we got a little spoiled over the years. That's for sure. Yes. 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 Come a long way. That's for sure. I saw a show this morning too. They 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 featured the the first smartphone. I actually worked in uh, Bell South before uh, going into the IT world, and we had a device called the Simon, and it was the uh, it was it was pretty much the first smartphone. It could send a fax, it could take notes, it could do a, a few other things. It was a flop. Uh, didn't really go very far. A couple of years later, we started to have the Blackberries, and I think the first iPhone came out shortly after that as well. So. Simon didn't do well, but uh, it was the uh, the, the, the entry level uh, gear. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've never even heard of the Simon. So you could actually like no. send a fax off of it and, and do all the like the normal kind of baseline smartphone stuff. Yeah, well, I kept like my price sheets and stuff in the memory there. So if somebody called me and said, "Hey, can you fax me over a price sheet?" That was really the only killer app that I could think uh, to to use it for. I'd make phone calls. Could I go on Facebook though and say? You know, things to make people really mad about stuff I don't know anything about. Could I do that? Who would want to do that with a phone? You know, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm right, just, right, you know, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Here. Back then, no, no, no Facebooking. No, it was a business phone. So. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, kind of lost that vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you have your 30 minutes of battery life on it, too. So, you know. Oh, so did you really? really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 something like that. I don't, yeah, so I don't... you combine that with your your two-man mobile computer, and uh, you're, you're, you're a rock in the IT. Carry around a few batteries, and uh, you're all set. Good to go. Right. Yeah. yeah, plus yeah. After, you're, after that 30 minutes, you could use the car phone that was size of, like, you know, uh, an astronaut helmet. The bag phone, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Those things are pretty odd. That's how you knew a person was really successful in life, was when, you know, they're basically like irradiate their brain as they drive down the road. I actually worked for a cellular company down in St. Thomas. I, it was my first job getting out of the Army. I moved down to St. Thomas with my fa- my family and worked uh, for uh, Vital Cellular down there, and uh, and they issued me a, a bag phone. I thought, uh, boy, I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world. I said, yeah, I really, I'm really making it now, and I took the bag phone and I went to a beach and called my buddy and I don't know, about three minutes later, the battery died and brought it back. So there's something wrong with this battery. I said, no, how long did it talk for? I said, about three minutes. I said, yeah, that's about what they last. And I turned it in right away. I said, ah, I really don't need this after all. So, yeah. So, hey man, what, what got you into IT initially, you know, with your powerful, amazing phone? And maybe that was the catalyst. Maybe you're like, hey, with phones like this, that I can have a three minute conversation on this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But what got you into IT initially? Well, I I, uh, I was kind of always the go-to person. So I worked in, uh, well, before that, I was a waiter, and I we had the PLUs on the uh, on the uh, ordering system, on the um, the registers back then. So I kind of was always the go-to guy with that. And then I went into the Army, and, uh, you know, being in an office environment, I was able to solve a lot of computer challenges there and then worked in cellular and after that i came back uh, uh moved back to uh, wisconsin here and uh, uh tried to figure out what am i really going to do with my life and, and i said well i've always kind of liked it and i decided to go back to school and get my degree and uh that was going to be what i was going to do in life and that's what i did so you still glad you did it 20 years later oh yeah 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 living the dream now so talking back about when you first get it, got into it and this might be a challenge to remember, but what do you remember your first day as an IT director? First day as an IT director? Well, yeah, I kind of remember my first time I, I came over to Marlow. Actually, I was working at um, Gateway Technical College, uh, and uh, I was in the working in the computer labs, basically. I supported all the student activities there, uh, the student computer labs. And uh, a girl that worked here at Marlow came in and said they were having huge problems over here at Marlow. And... Uh, they needed me to take a look at it. Apparently, their IT director had uh, just quit one day. And uh, so uh, I came in here and uh, yeah, did a little bit of work for him. just fixed up a, I think I just had a reboot of NT server or something like that. And uh, pretty much that day, uh, my boss, Mike Lines, uh, said, hey, we want you over here. And I said, well, I don't know. I got a lot going on over there at Gateway and hate to leave. And then uh, uh, a couple weeks later, he made me an offer. And it's a little too good to refuse, so right. I remember, I remember being very happy on my first day as a IT director. So. Right, excellent. Yeah, so you kind of, you kind of, you know, as, as a lot of people do, you kind of fell into the role almost by by accident or quit, you know, by random chance, and then. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of, really, a, a series of fortunate events. Uh, yeah, it worked out well for me. What would you say would have been the most beneficial? piece of information for you to know when you had initially started in IT would be the most important thing for them to know or for them to realize as they're just starting off their career? Backup. Backup. 
and have backups of backups. Right. Back up your backup. Back up your backups and uh yeah, test your backup strategies often and uh I think there's no no greater thing that we need to do as uh leaders in uh IT for especially here in a manufacturing company. If we uh if we don't have backups, uh we don't have our data. If we don't have our data, we don't have a company. So it's uh pretty important. It's pretty important just to touch those backups every day, test them, make sure they're working. They've come a long way. We started with uh tapes when I when I first started. So we'd have uh we'd have a chain of tapes that uh, we'd have to we'd have to test uh periodically and Oh man, recovering off tapes is brutal. Whew, thank God we've never had to do that. Uh so uh but yeah now uh today I, I have a lot of backups and I've three off site backups and okay, nice. local copies of backups and uh yeah I just think that's uh, the one thing that we should never forget. No, you hit on a really couple of really good points there which are really really important. It, it is one make sure you have multiple targets for your backups both on site and off site and then two and this is something I see IT uh folks make a mistake and testing the recovery off of your backup, not just having them and waiting for the day when tragedy hits, but actually proactively testing them to make sure you can recover. How long is that time frame to recover? And is it actually going to be successful to recover that data before it's too late? Yeah, I, I, every day of uh, my morning routine starts out with I log into all my offsite backups and just check the integrity and make sure everything's working as it should. Absolutely. Now, that being said, what do you view as being the biggest threat to a small business network today besides data loss? What would you view as the biggest security thing that you've had to deal with over the last few years? I guess it would be data losses. Uh, ransomware pretty much has been the biggest threat. Uh, we actually were the target and the victim of our ransomware, I don't know, about three or four years ago. And, and if it wasn't for backups, uh, things would have been a, quite a bit different. It's been progressing a lot, especially like you said on that ransomware side, you know, that has been exponentially becoming a larger and more clever threat over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, uh, you know, when, when we got ransomware, so they pretty much got lucky and they, they pretty much did. Uh, they just came through with a random email and everyone kind of gave a lot of, uh, said, Oh, you know, the, the hackers. Well, I don't really think there are hackers. I think there are, you know, some people who send out a bunch of emails and somebody opened up some over here that they shouldn't have. But, uh, yeah, now in today's world, we see, uh, kind of the, the real hackers have, colluded with the uh with all this ransomware and 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 software that's available to the general public and they've right. kind of made it into more of a skilled thing can do a lot of damage to a company they can they can do it quickly like you said the, the first part of that even if you're not talking about direct hackers you're talking about uh, exploiting user error um, especially with like emails and things like that either spoofing an email address so it's coming from your boss asking you guys for gift cards from walmart which seems legitimate <laughs> which people people <laughs> yeah. do it though i mean it, it happened the people fall for it and the, the coolest email the most exciting thing i got last week which was you know i thought it was maybe for christmas is i actually got 30 million dollars from somebody um overseas i just they they picked me out and they needed to get the money out of the country and that was pretty exciting. I actually won the lottery, yeah, actually, Did a couple really? times last month. Yeah, yeah, right. it was an overseas lottery, and uh, yeah, but uh, I haven't received the money yet, but I gave them my checking account number. They said they're going to put it in there any day now, so. Right, that's the best Still thing. Waiting. You just, yeah, just give them all the information that they possibly ask for. Nothing bad will ever happen to you or to your network or, or your bank account. It's amazing how easy it is. 
It's, no, I was going to say back, it reminded me, back in the day before I got into technology, I was so poor. I told my bank one time, I went to my bank and I was going to deposit money and they're like, oh, we, we need your ID. And I'm like, listen, if somebody wants to deposit money in my bank, at this point, if somebody wants to try to withdraw money from my bank, let them go ahead. No, probably Make a note. Credit score. <laughs> Make a note. No ID required if somebody wants to drop money in <laughs> right. my account. They can yeah. do whatever they want. Okay, this is this is open game right now because you know the one cent that I have in there probably isn't really going to make or break me. I'm broken right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let them work their stuff. Maybe they're going to deposit like a two cent, like you know, verifying the account exists. And at that point, I'm crippling up on my wealth. So it was okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, let them put the money in. So talking about the uh, the security on the network, exploiting users, did you, you find it necessary, one, to re-educate your users to make sure that they're aware of spoofing emails, make sure that they're getting to the point now, uh, 2019, I've seen a lot where they can actually fully spoof your email address. So it's going to come through and it legitimately looks like it's going to come from your boss, the CEO, whatever it is. As far as you can't tell, you click on it, the URL is valid, you know, or they'll um, they'll get it through the initial email filter by leaving any type of links. We'll leave them inactive until after it gets scanned by O365 or your exchange online, any, any of your security software. And then around five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, they'll reactivate those malicious links once it's already into the network, users will click on it, and then you you know you end up with with spyware, malware, uh, ransomware, whatever it is in your network. Uh, what would your kind of approach to readdressing those facts with your with your users? Well, we started out using these uh, phishing campaigns. So they were they were nice. They were successful for a while. The, the users didn't like them uh, very much, but uh, you know it's uh, we kind of after we got uh, attacked from ransomware, we said well. Too bad. We're gonna keep going with them. So we did those for a couple of years, and uh, we did it. You know, educate. We put a lot of flyers around the building. You know, kind of uh, telling people, hey, if you get an email directing you, uh, kind of some of the telltale signs of, of the email where they have sets of urgency. You know, saying open immediately. You know, these are some of the hints right. of uh, uh, what we should look at, and kind of got everybody just to slow down when they get an email because you know we're just in a rush and we're just so eager to please. Sometimes we're just right. Again, clicking things. Oh, yeah, we get something from uh, somebody that says, "Oh, yeah, go, go, give me a couple of gift cards," and you know, from the boss. So you're 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 on your way to get those gift cards. That's uh, it's kind of a, right. Kind of put in that layer of hey, not everything is as it seems. Like you said, I think that was a key a key advice you gave is slow down. We're all in a hurry, yeah. But verify if it seems weird. It probably is. My campaign around here was look it before you click it, you know, so uh, right, just exactly. slow down and, and uh, really dangerous thing. And, and it's so easy to fool people. It's just, uh, again, you, you get these emails, hey, you've downloaded a document here, come here to sign in. And you, you go there and says, hey, we need your Microsoft credentials. And then, right. And then uh, all of a sudden, you know, now your Office 365 email has been compromised because you just gave them the uh, email and uh, password for it. Like you said, though, you know, users don't really like that. But generally, from a security perspective, the the better your security layers, the, the more your users don't like. That's actually a good good metric. You, how irritated are your users about your security system? <laughs> the more irritated they are, probably the more effective it is. Two factor authentication. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably doing a good job if you're uh, irritating some people. Then, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, the the person who wants to access my system, he's also probably irritated. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, hey, as a, you know, um, as an IT director, you know, for a small business specifically, you know, everything falls on you. 
you know, from supporting all your users, protecting your network, for, you know, preventing those data breaches or user error, planning ahead, keeping up with the new technology, doing everything you need to do on a daily basis. What have you found to be the best resource for you information-wise or partner-wise to make sure you can balance everything while still staying ahead of the threat? Is it a specific website that you like the best, uh, using a, an IT vendor specifically, a local consultant for very specialized projects that are outside your general scope? What have you found? Well, GHA and uh, John Manley have been a big help. Hey, if I would have known you were going to say that, I would have asked sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you sure have been, though. You've uh, shared me to a couple of uh, good companies. Uh, Sophos has been, uh, I, I think, has done a great job for us. Uh, that actually kind of took away our phishing campaign because Sophos actually will... Uh, right, they'll quarantine any type of uh, breach or uh, uh, ransomware? Yeah, well, they, they do that. They look for the ransomware behavior and they shut that down, but they uh, take the links and Oh, right. They'll actually, yeah, they'll actually scan the links ahead of time, uh, make sure that the links are valid. And then they'll read, they'll, the Sophos will kind of ta- attack it in two ways. They'll attack it once it comes through initially, and then they'll attack it again, of course, once the user clicks on it, right? They encrypt the link as well. Yeah. So they actually changed the whole link. So that kind of changed the whole phishing thing around. I was saying, well, look at before you click it. Right. And you could see the link before you could hover over it. But uh, they've encrypted the links on Sophos. So uh, now if they hit the link, it actually goes up to the, the Sophos server where, where it's scanned and kind of uh, right. allow and disallow Runs uh, it in their sandbox. different privileges. I can, uh, right. Exactly. Um, so it's not foolproof, but it has given me a lot of tools to lock a lot of the, uh, Activity, uh, you know, right. again, just randomly, hey, you got free Packer tickets and, uh, you know, going up to those things, it's kind of stopped right there. Yeah, hey, um, I like so, free so, Packer tickets. Yeah, but it really doesn't exist. So, Aww. you know, that's, that's, uh, that's the only sad part. You got to pay big money to go see the pack. Sophos has worked good. I've also partnered with a, a company here, uh, Career Communications. They've done a, a good job for us. And, and, uh, with that, we've just, again, created a lot of layers of, of backups and a lot of layers of redundancy. So, right. So you, uh, with Krieger, I know over the years, you know, your thought behind that and the biggest benefit that I've seen over the years is one, because you, because you have to handle everything and because you have so many evolving threats that you have to handle, supporting all your users, keeping everybody happy, keeping everybody educated for threats, utilizing a partner, a, a local consultant, whoever it is for kind of specialized project, like you said, for multi-layered backup and for ensuring your server networking infrastructure is, is, is solid and bulletproof. Uh, that's been a big benefit for you, right? Because then you don't have to, you don't have the time. You don't have the time to try to specialize networking or backup. You can understand from a strategy level, you're not going to necessarily have the time as an SMB IT director to try to actually get it up and running and, and spun up initially. Uh, is that where you found the biggest benefit of a local partner? Yeah, I found the biggest benefit is, uh, you know, used to say a jack, uh, jack of all traits and master of none. I, I feel like I'm a jack of all traits and master of none, but I think, uh, it's actually a good thing, uh, because I, I understand everything that's going on, but I don't have to have the expertise on, uh, VMware or security side of things for firewalls and things like that. I, I really can't spread myself that thin. Uh, I, I have to be here reacting to the threats and, and, and observe, but, uh, having a partner that you can go to, to, uh, I rely on. 
to rely on, right? Exactly, right. Yeah, and, and know that they're there. It's uh, you know, partnerships have gone a long way, and uh, you know, very valuable. That's the the beauty of being able to strategically pick partners like a reseller, like GHA or myself, John Manley, GHA Technologies. Just there aren't a little ad out there for everybody. No, plus you know, being able to also utilize a local partner that can show up on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. From my angle, that's been the biggest. That's the biggest challenge for me. A small business. IT director is trying to make sure that you're you're familiar with everything, you're staying caught up with everything, you're keeping everybody safe, you're keeping all of your data safe, you have a plan of what's moving forward and be able to strategically connect and foster relationships with the best partners possible so you know you have them in your in your pocket when you need them, which makes your job more secure, more safe, and it makes your company very, very happy and keeps everybody moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's great value in that. I mean, you and I have been doing business for how long now? The, the full 20 years or? Almost, almost. Long time. Probably, yeah, a good 18 of it. And, uh, yeah, with the other strategic partners, I've been, uh, yeah, with Krieger for uh, 10, 12 years as well. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I value them. I, I rely on them heavily. And, you know, they, they, they're a part of our business, uh, just as, just as well as I am. Well, that's the beauty of it because it kind of gives you those resources that an enterprise organization is going to naturally have because, you know, an enterprise company organization is going, they're going to have a, a database administrator. They're going to have a network administrator. They're going to have all these different people who handle very specific parts of the network, parts of the data, whereas SMB, you handle it all. So you need that where the partners come in and provide that extra depth. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to handle every day. So yeah, knowing that I have partners that have some expertise that I don't have is uh, certainly valuable. What would you say to you know continue gaining extra knowledge, extra experience, extra confidence, even as a, as a younger person in IT, so they can continue to evolve and grow and mature and, and build their own career? Uh, education uh, certainly it should be a uh, first and foremost. I'm always encouraging him to take uh, classes in college that are are, are are things that we can use here at Marlowe. So uh, he's uh, going to uh, school right now and taking a lot of security courses. So you know okay, nice. things that you can take in in college and actually apply to your job are also uh, pretty valuable. Uh, but you know just stay current, find something that you can apply and uh, and work with. And I think it's, it's a lot easier to learn if you are using it in a practical environment. So would you say it'd be a benefit for me to go back to school for like, say, 14th century English literature? Would that would that help me? Because it, it seems popular these days. I think maybe that or like archaeology or something like that, because then I could use that information to get a really big student debt. Sure, sure. Fitting in and stuff. Well, okay. No, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> oh. It doesn't pay much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I won the lottery. I thought I'd get free Packer tickets. And I thought I was on the right road going down the uh, English literature route. And you're, you're just dashing all my dreams here. You're telling me I'm going down the wrong road. As we often say, you're going down the wrong road there, John. going down the yeah, wrong uh... road. I'm glad we had this opportunity to clear a few things up for me, man. That's, that's been helpful for me. So I really appreciate, Tony. I appreciate you coming on today. I know you got a lot. Thanks for on. having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was awesome and definitely my pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you for joining us this week on the Vox 114 Technology Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, vox114.com. That is vox114.com. 
where you can listen to our full archive of episodes. Check out our members-only content and subscribe so you'll never miss a show again. While you're online doing internet things, if you found value in this show, leave us a rating on iTunes or tell a friend about the show. All of your friends, or even people you don't like, telling them is okay too. Tune in each week for our next episode. And remember, if you don't like the answer, perhaps you need to find a new way of asking the question.